You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome here, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, so sports guy Hickman, happy to be back on a Friday. You know, we got to end off the week right, the right way. And before we kind of get too much into the Texans talk, which is why you are here today, Guys, I want to let you know that this episode, just like all of the episodes, have been brought to you by Built Bar, the best protein bar out on the market, bar none. And on top of being the best protein bar, they are the best energy drink out there. They have this little boost packet, powder. You put it in some water, shake the bottle up, and I guarantee you, it will give you the energy you need to go out of your day. Whether you're working a 10-hour shift like I do, whether you're with the kids and the wife is out of town and you need all of the energy that you can get, does not matter. Go ahead and check out Bill Bar by going to BillBar.com. And again, this show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Now, Cody, when we talk about needing the energy to go throughout your day, sometimes... You know, we all fall short and we just get tired. But luckily, right now, Dylan Cole is bouncing back from that torn ACL, and he is currently in the running phase for that ACL recovery. And as you may know, he injured his ACL last year during the Week 12 matchup. And right now, he's just making sure that his goal entering the 2020 season is to get back the right way, get back and playing it safe. He's not rushing anything at all. And He's currently in the running phase of recovery. So that's good news because Denico is a is one of those role players here in Houston that can do a lot of different things. May not do one thing great, but when he's on the field, you always feel his energy and he's impacting something. He loves to fly to the ball. You know, had two interceptions a couple of years ago at a pass deflection last year. Doesn't get that much time, but in the situation, Denico really shows out. Yes, sir. In addition of Dylan and Cole, all he's going to do is just help this team get better, especially coming off the edge. And, John, you know, I've said this multiple times, you know, that is going to be one of, if not the most important factor in order to make sure that this team in 2020 is going to be better than the one in 2019. Of course, you're going to bring in a guy like Jonathan Gennard, he's a rookie, a lot of promise, but just having Cole is just going to help the Texans' defense, especially when you look at the fact that this is something you and I have been talking about, trying to ease the load of J.J. Watt. Absolutely, and that linebacker Dylan Cole has been used in various ways. So, you know, he's a guy that you want on your team, want on that roster. Now, I got to tell you, I don't know if he'll be able to – make the roster due to this torn ACL and the fact that they brought in some players uh, like Grenard. And it seems like with Jacob Martin emerging and Jonathan Grenard being drafted here to Houston, I don't know how much room there's left for uh, Dylan Cole, but just to see his recovery get to where it is now after that ACL injury, of course, we're rooting for him. I think he'll be back. 
Uh, however, with the OTAs getting cut short, that may give him some more time to get himself healthy. Whenever it's time to actually play to see if you're going to be able to make the roster or not, uh, that may hinder you. So, but you know, kudos to him for getting back to where he's he's at currently, and we hope that he has a full, speedy recovery. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine. But it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors. Eight chocolate nut flavors. Eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get it a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Since there are a lot of talks surrounding Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans, I thought it would be fun today if we debate and rank where where does Bill O'Brien stands right now as a Texans all-time coach. Now, of course, this is a franchise coming up on 20 years in the making in the next couple of years, and they only have four coaches throughout their short time in the NFL. I've always heard fans say, you know, I can't stand Bill O'Brien. I don't like Bill O'Brien, yada, la 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 la. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at it from a standpoint. Yes, Bill O'Brien can make a lot of questionable decisions, i.e. getting rid of Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips and a half of a Subway sandwich. At the same time, this is a guy who you can possibly arguably say has been A, the most successful coach with this franchise, and B, the coach that actually helped this team become a respected team in the NFL. And when I said that, I automatically thought of Gary Kubiak, another guy who, like Bill O'Brien, was semi-hated, but at the same time, was a guy who actually brought this team to relevancy. Um, as you know, Gary Kubiak took this team to two playoff appearances, two AFC um, divisional championship titles in 2011 and 2012. And um, you know, the same can be said for Bill O'Brien. If I'm if I'm if I'm correct, I'm, I believe Bill O'Brien in his tenure right now has taken this team to three playoff appearances. So, of course, I'm not putting Dom Capers in this. And I'm damn sure not doing Wade Phillips. But, John, if I ask you, who do you believe has been the most successful coach in the Texans' history between O'Brien and Kubiak, who would you say and why? You know, I would have to go with Bill O'Brien, simply because a few things. When I look at the 
turmoil that O'Brien went through in his early years when his tenure with Houston first started, there was a season where he had five quarterbacks under center, behind center. Still wait the playoffs with that. Um, there was a time where he had Brock Osweiler as his quarterback. Still wait the playoffs. And I think Bill O'Brien has done the best job getting everything he can out of his team offensively. And I think Gary Kubiak's problem was, which is a little bit of Bill O'Brien problem as well, but Gary Kubiak had the best team, right? One year, Texans were ranked top five in both offense and defense, but just could not get over that hump to make it to the next round. The two uh, appearances in the next round that Houston has came under Bill O'Brien's tenure, and I believe that they will be able to, you know, take that, use it for the future, and get past the second round moving forward at some point, hopefully. But, you know, when I look at everything Bill O'Brien has had to face here in Houston, a season with Brock Osweiler under contract, you gave him $37 million guaranteed. You know, Brian Hoy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Mallett, uh, I think Josh Johnson suited up at quarterback one game. Everything that he had to endure before Deshaun Watson, and then Tom Savage, who I think died on the field at one point because he got hit so hard. In uh, aging, J.J. Watt, I mean, even though J.J. Watt, you know, still had some phenomenal years under Bill O'Brien. He had an agent, Jonathan Joseph. He has an agent, Ed Reed, on his belt. Ed Reed got that contract, and I only saw him play like three games for three minutes. You know, so he endured. He endured more, in my opinion, but he got so he also got more with less. And for me, Gary Kubiak's entire tenure just seemed like, why aren't you making these adjustments to get your team over the hump? Because when you have a team that's top five in defense and offense or, you know, or somewhere in that range of top five, top seven on both sides of the ball, and you're not able to advance, uh, I have a problem with that. Both of those guys have advanced in the second round twice. Uh, one of those years, Kubiak was 12 and four, first in the AFC South. The year prior, they were 10 and six, first in the AFC South. And he had one, two, three, four five years without scratching the playoffs when he first got here in Houston. And I think you also have to hold that against him compared to when Bill O'Brien first got to Houston, considering everything, like I, like I mentioned, that he had to endure his first few years here in Houston before he got to Sean Watson. You know, he was able to kind of put some scraps together. Came to Houston 2014. He was able to put some scraps together and make the playoffs. So. I think ultimately I'm going with Bill O'Brien over Gary Kubiak. And the deciding factor for me is you have Brock Osweiler on the contract for one entire season. And I mean, that's your quarterback and you make the playoffs. I think that gives you an extra 10 points on the who ranks more board. Well, first and foremost, I'm going to have to disagree with you by saying that Gary Kubiak had the most talented team when you're talking about their tenures in Houston. I mean, John, I don't know, I don't know if you have senile or what, but you must for, you must have forgot that at one time Bill O'Brien had Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, JJ Watt, and Jadavion Clowney, just to name a few, all on the roster at the same time. And 
you, you know, there is no roster in Texans franchise history. Well, I'm not going to say in franchise history, but there is not a roster that Gary Kubiak has had that you can say is more talented than what Bill O'Brien has by the four that I just named. And I didn't even get to um, the, the Will Fullers in them of the world. But at the same time, another reason why I only say that, you look at the most important position in football, the quarterback. Majority of the time, Gary Kubia had to go out there and fight with Matt Schaub as his starting quarterback. And no disrespect to Matt Schaub. In my eyes, and I'm pretty sure in a, in a lot of Texans fans' eyes, he's the second-best quarterback of this franchise. Like I said, it's not like you got a lot to choose from. He did his thing. He helped elevate this franchise to relevancy in the in the league. But he is not no damn Deshaun Watson, and he was never a top-10 quarterback. Was You could possibly argue he wasn't even top 15 at the peak of his prime in Houston. With that being said, I would have to give the nod to Kubiak because this is a guy who, when he first came here, you still had David Carr as your starting quarterback. And I know he only had two playoff appearances, but majority of his time, he just did not have a solid roster to build around and get him over the hump. The only time that you can say his roster was at least somewhat decent was when Arian Foster jumped on the scene. And not only that, you got to take a look at when Kubiak was here in Houston, a lot of his team suffered through so many injuries to the point it's like, you, you know, you don't expect much from this team to begin with. Even by the time he got J.J. Watt, and yes, Watt was part of that 2012 team, he had yet to reach the prime of his career. He was still scratching the surface of the player that he could be. Kubiak got the player that he could be. O'Brien got the player that he became. So, you know, both of these coaches, at the end of the day, I feel like both of them actually had have, have been dealt the wrong end of the stick a lot of times. I mean, hell, you take a look at that team and um, what was Deshaun Watson's rookie season right before he got hurt. You're talking about a team that could possibly have made a run for the playoffs. Watson tears ACL, J.J. Watt goes down, then boom, you, you're back being a sorry team. But at the end of the day, I just think, Gary Kubiak during his time in Houston actually helped this team become better than what they possibly could be because I'm just not I'm I'm not too sure that you can just take any coach in Texans history with Matt Schaub as your starting quarterback and say go out there and perform like I say majority of the time it was basically Andre Johnson out there trying to do his thing the only time Kubiak actually had an opportunity to actually go out and play for something was when Arian Foster came on the scene, and that didn't last too long. I'm going to have to give this battle to Kubiak. Well, I, I think we both can agree in listeners at home that both coaches underperformed, undercoached, and, you know, in both of their tenures, it was just underwhelming, period. Under coach, John, I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't necessarily say under coach or over what, like, I, I just can't agree with that because, like I said, this is uh, both of these coaches during their time in Houston, they have been dealt a bad hand. You, you know, like I say, you go back to the first three to four games of that 2007 season, D Deshaun Watson's rookie year. You go back, at, what were they at the time? What was they, like three and two or something like that? When you started seeing what Deshaun Watson could possibly be, 
in shortly after the game, I believe it was that phenomenal game he he had against the Patriots. He blew, he tears his knee. I truly believe that if he does not tear his ACL, there will be another playoff appearance added to Bill O'Brien's record as a head coach. That's why I say they 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 just been dealt a bad hand a lot of times. You even go back to that 2013 season, a year in which they was coming off 12 and 14. The previous year, they end up going two and 14. That's because there was a lot of injuries on that on that team. It's like they just got dealt a bad hand a lot of times throughout their time as the head coach of the Texans. So that's why I don't want to say they under coach or they didn't live up to the expectation because how can you judge these two when 75% of your time as head coach, your best players with an S me plural players were on the shelf. For today's what if of the week, when I think about the what ifs in the Texans history, Cody, there was a time where it was Andre Johnson and he needed a quarterback. And this offense needed another weapon. The offensive line really wasn't where you would want it to be. And there was a quarterback out there that was known to make things happen on his feet and utilize his feet to make big plays down the field. Now, what if the Houston Texans would have drafted Vince Young over Mario Williams at number one? <laughs> Bro, first and foremost, that that might be the biggest what if in NFL history because, yes, Vince Young ended up being a quote-unquote bust, but a lot of people failed to realize that it was that damn coach in Tennessee that ruined his freaking career. On top of that, you know, so good and well, Vince Young was going to ball out in Houston. I'm, I'm sorry. I just had to say that because when I think of that, what was that, 2006 NFL draft? Yeah. When I think of that 2006 NFL draft, everything was in line for Vince Young to come to Houston, a hometown hero. And they decided to go with Mario Williams. John, John, I'm going to let you take the floor, and then I'm going to share my story of where I was, how I felt, and just the total shock. And to this day, I do believe if Vince Young would have came to the Texans, his career would have took a complete 180. And on May 22nd, 2020, we'll be talking about Vince Young in a whole new light than what we are now. Well, I'm going to say this. I think the Texans made the best choice. What? For their career, Mario Williams was a better – well, Mario Williams had a better NFL career. And the thing about Vince Young was it just seems like the closer he was to home, the more trouble he, he got into. And Vince Young would tell you that. I mean, that's documented. I don't know how many times. The closer he was to home, whether it was home in Austin because he went to UT or Houston, trouble followed him at home. And Tennessee was really an extension of Houston in the sense that the, 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 the lineage between the Oilers and the Tennessee Titans and the Texans and how, you know, the great still has some connections with one another. And everybody wanted to see this young ball out. But, you know, I don't think the course of his career in Houston would have been what we would have wanted because of the trouble that would have followed behind it. Now, those two games against Houston, especially the one at home where he – 
won that game in overtime and you know ran it in at the last second he threw up the city of houston phenomenal and vince young was known for making plays out of nothing but for 16 game seasons over the course of his career i don't think we would have gotten the vince young that we would have wanted because he's so close to home and because and because trouble would have followed i have to disagree because because one he would have had better talent in houston and two there's no way in hell you can sit here and say that mario williams was the correct choice in 2006 when when this franchise needed a freaking quarterback and vince young was clearly the number one choice hell you could make an argument they could have drafted reggie bush even though hey i'm nowhere near debating that pick because he went to my home city and helped us win our one and only Super Bowl championship. So I'm nowhere near trying to debate that. But at the end of the day, I can understand you being at home can cause some kind of distractions. I understand that. But at the end of the day, you have to realize everything that he went through with Jeff Fisher in Tennessee is the reason why his career went went down south so bad. I don't think what happened in Tennessee, if he would have came to Houston, especially teaming him up with Johnson, there's there's no way in hell his career plays out the same way that it does in Tennessee. I I, I just don't see it. Now, I've always been against Jeff Fish. I think Jeff Fish is the most overrated coach in NFL history. I think he's the worst tenured coach in NFL history as well. Um, and I and I agree that you know Jeff Fish and Vince Young was not a match made in heaven. Reports are Jeff Fisher never wanted Vince Young. He never wanted to draft Vince Young. And it showed because he never wanted to play Vince Young. Kerry Collins was 102 years old, still playing quarterback. And of course, I'm over exaggerating. But when the, when the team needed a quarterback, he still stuck with Kerry Collins when Vince Young was right there. And Vince Young was known in his time in Tennessee to take that team and do something spectacular with that offense. With that being said, Mario Williams had a, better, had a much better career. Was a two, was a two-time Pro Bowler, a three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, had multiple seasons over ten sacks. Uh, really contributed to having his team be one of the best defenses in the league. And I trust him more. I always hated we didn't get a chance to see Mario Williams and JJ White in a very good time in their careers. Uh, but nonetheless, in his tenure in Houston. I think what Mario Williams did for the Texans, Vince Young would have not been able to do that because there would have been issues like, well, where is Vince Young? Would he be on the field? Is he suspended? What kind of trouble is following him right now to no. take his mind off the game? No. You, 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 you can't say that. See, you're taking the, all the problems and, and putting it like he would have had those same problems in, in Houston. I don't see that. And you could, yes, okay, it's a fact. Mario Williams had a better career than Vince Young. Well, duh, because he was in a better situation than what he, than all the turmoil and BS that Vince Young had to go through in Tennessee. That, like, like I say, I just, be, I just believe that there is no way in hell Vince Young, the level, maybe he would not have became the savior of the Texans like we all thought heading into that draft. Because I showed in the hell did the city showed in the hell did I remember the Houston Chronicle somebody bought a full page layout on why the Houston Texans needed to draft Vince Young a full page layout in the Houston Chronicle do you know how expensive that is 
I just don't see it. Like I say, one, the Texans at the time were a better team. You're talking like he would have just been irresponsible out here in Houston. That's that's not what was going to happen. Well, I think that's why it's a good what if. Did the Texans make the right choice back in 2006? No. Or and, did they mess up by, why, you know, not getting? I'm sorry to cut you off. I want to tell you why I know they did not make a good decision. Because they wasted Andre Johnson's career. What is Andre Johnson's career? When you think of Andre Johnson, what does everybody say? Dang, I wish he had a quarterback. Man, if he just had a reliable quarterback. Oh, my God, if he had a good quarterback. You don't think that would have been Vince Young? You 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 what even talk about for a season one? Two? You just you what, wait what? I think maybe for two seasons that, that would have been the case he would have had a quarterback. Once again, you cannot you cannot use the logic that in the in the turmoil and the BS that he went through in Tennessee and use that same logic if he would have came here to Houston. And John, you even talked about it. And during one of those Pro Bowls, I, I can't remember which one it was, you talk about this nice play that you saw Vince Young throw to Andre Johnson, and you wish that you can you could have seen that every Sunday in Houston. Andre Johnson didn't have that. You you talked about that multiple times. And Mario, and, and to be honest, Mario Williams did not have that much of a better career than Vince Young. I mean, Mario Williams was a three-time Pro Bowler, Vince Young was a two-time Pro Bowler. If you ask me, neither one of them actually reached the level of the player that they could have been coming out of college. There's no way in hell you can say if Vince Young comes to Houston, his career will go the same or be worse than than what happened in Tennessee. There's no way. I think that's why we call it what ifs, right? At the end of the day, we don't know what if it would have happened or not, if it would have been a good draft or not, because – it didn't happen, and the speculation is what always kind of keeps us going a little bit. Uh, but I still think, you know, Mario Williams for the Houston Texans and his time in Houston played out better than Vince Young because I never knew, especially when I got more information on what was actually going on with VY at times, I just never knew what kind of quarterback he would have gotten on the field Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, game in and game out. I'm just some sports guy, Hickman. Guys, always follow me on Twitter at some sports guy, where I actually have Doctor Sports Guy in my name now. And you know me, I love to have fun. It's Friday, go out there, have some fun. You might as well. Everybody else is doing it. Nobody else is practicing social distancing. Go have fun. Go out. Go to a bar too. Have a good time with your friends. Don't forget to follow Locked On Texans at Locked On Texans on Twitter and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And John Mario Williams was just a two-time pro bowler with the Texans. The other one came during his time with the Buffalo Bill, which means we're talking about an even playing field when you're trying to compare Vince Young and Mario Williams' time at the end of the day, Williams had a better career, but it's only due to the fact that of the unfair BS turmoil that Vince Young had to go through in Tennessee. Until next time, peace. You are locked on Texas. 
your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.